that we need to reduce climate emissions by 45% in the next 12 years, otherwise we are toast. Hello everybody and welcome back to The Mentors Podcast. Today we have on Adam Konyuchevsky. Adam is the jack of some serious trades, the biggest of which are environmentalism, the economy, and global participation. Adam is the founder of the Bridge Foundation, which is a place where young people can turn global challenges into opportunities. In this episode, we'll discuss opportunities you can find in worldly problems, the circular economy, how the economy can actually benefit the environment, and the events the Bridge Foundation will be hosting. This episode for me was one that definitely showed a lot of perspective and insight on a global scale, so I thoroughly enjoyed listening to Adam, and I hope you guys do as well. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Adam Konyushevsky. Adam, thank you so much for being on. It's my pleasure. Wonderful, wonderful. So the first place I really wanted to start was your very diverse and interesting background. Can you talk a little about your origin story and how you got to where you are today? Yes, of course. I was uh, I was born in Poland, and uh, it was during the communist era. So um, Poland was was dominated uh, by uh, a foreign power, and it was behind the the Iron Curtain. And uh, my parents wanted to escape that uh, oppression and. Uh, we just, we just left the country, uh, left everything behind, the family, all our possessions, the house, uh, left uh, for a few weeks of vacation and never went back. In fact, we did go back, but that was uh, many, many decades later, uh, after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And uh, you remember the, the words of uh, Ronald Reagan, tear down that wall. Well, that was the first time we could go back as a family to Poland. And uh, I came back as, as an adult, and then later on I, I also worked there. But uh, I grew up in Canada, in Montreal, and f- for me this was absolutely fantastic. Uh, a great country, very multicultural. We, I grew up speaking French, but I also learned English, and uh, I went to university in English and I studied business. And after uh, a few years working in the financial consultancy sector in, in Canada, um, I decided to do uh, a little bit of uh, a trip to Europe where I worked for a year in London and then I was headhunted by another company in Switzerland and, and I've been in Europe for close to 20 years now doing very, very diverse things. Um, I spent a lot of time in the business sector and, uh, and now I'm working on different uh, international policy uh, measures uh, from financial ones to climate change and, and others. Yeah, as of most recent uh, year event at the Warsaw Stock Exchange. First off, I saw, I got to watch um, the live recording of it. A lot of it was in Polish, I didn't understand, but the song at the ending was very beautiful. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about um, what brought you to that event and how it all went? Yes, absolutely. So we work with the young people in mm-hmm. Poland, but also in Switzerland and in Canada. Uh, This year, Poland is very special because it's hosting the climate conference. So we've been working all year, uh, turning these these young leaders into global citizens. So we're teaching them about uh, global challenges, global issues, and what we have discussed before, sustainable development goals. So the 17 goals that the United Nations have uh, set up as as targets to to build a better world and not to leave anyone behind. So uh, 
these young people have been working on that for the last 12 months. And uh, as, as a preparation for the climate conference and to finalize 12 years of learning, we had a gala evening at the Warsaw Stock Exchange. And many people ask us, why the Warsaw Stock Exchange? Uh, what does that have to do with all of these topics that we're working on? And my answer is it has everything to do with it because today we live in a world where uh, 69 of the largest economic entities around the world are not countries, they're corporations. So multinationals play a critical role and capital markets are at the center of the transformation that we need to, to see in order to uh, finance and, and to change finance so that we can have a sustainable economy um, to address climate change, but to address all of these global challenges that we're, we're being uh, faced with. So this is why we're doing this at the, the Warsaw Stock Exchange. And so we're, we're working with, of course, young leaders, but we're also inspiring them because we, we have a number of not only business leaders, but um, the, the head of the, the regional head of the World Bank, for instance, um, the regional head of uh, a consultancy like Ernst & Young and many others that are sharing their knowledge with them as well and uh, telling them what, why it is so critical for the business sector to be at the heart of this transformation. Oh, definitely. And I, I really want to get in more in depth with that. But first, I feel like we have to backtrack a little bit and talk about the Bridge Foundation uh, and everything you started. Can you tell the audience a little bit about um, everything you do there? Yes, of course. Well, let me tell you how, how this all began because mm -hmm. we started working 10 years ago uh, in Poland with business leaders on these global challenges, global issues. A lot of them are centered around uh, the economy and moving from the linear economy in a world with finite resources. Well, we can't have uh, a take, make and waste model anymore. We need to move towards a more circular model that eliminates waste and pollution from the equation, which is good not only for business because it allows businesses to become more profitable, but it also reduces all of these impacts on the environment and our societies and also creates employment, which is great. So this is how nature has been working for 4.6 billion years. And so we have to transform our business models and try and mimic the way nature works. Uh, nature doesn't waste, we waste. If we stop wasting, we will become much more efficient, much more profitable, and everyone will benefit. So the, this economic transformation is at the center of, of the program that we're running. And, uh, and it happens to be also at the center of the, the, the strategies of some of the leading businesses that are not only um, doing extremely well when it comes to their business uh, model as such by being more sustainable, their stock prices is, is also um, rewarding shareholders handsomely for, for doing this. And one, one such example is uh, Unilever. Mm. So, and the amazing thing is to me, you're doing this all, well, not all of it, but you're doing a lot of this through youth, um, through young people. And I, and I don't feel like that would be the first uh, choice for a lot of people. I think when people look at the economy and environmentalism and the circular economy, they think, well, adults should fix it. You know, I mean, these kids are going to inherit the earth and, you know, we're the ones with the power and the resource to fix it. So uh, why, why young people? Well, young people, young people have a very special role to play. 
Today, there are close to 2 billion young people. I'm not talking young children, I'm talking young people um, around the world. 2 billion, that's more than one out of four uh, of, of the Earth's inhabitants. They, uh, are, they, they form a disproportionate share of the population in Africa, in a place like Ethiopia. 70% of the population is less than 30 years old. If these young people do not become leaders immediately, today, then we will not be able to, to have a sustainable world. And, and uh, the reason we focus on young people also is because education is absolutely key. So for, for these young people to become uh, the leaders of, of a, a sustainable world, they need the right education, they need the experience, they need to be given the right tools. And, and education is this, uh, this uh, uh, fertilizer, if, if you wish, to, to make sure that these young people uh, flourish, that Africa flourishes and that the world flourishes. And, uh, and they will have to fuel this, this transformation to a sustainable, sustainable world. And this cannot happen tomorrow. It has to, to take place today. Definitely, and I entirely agree with that. You know, especially at the United Nations conference, which is where we met, um, the they really pressured the fact that we are the last generation that has hope of fixing what we started, um, and it all has to happen now. But what is it like being? Well, not that's bad for you, for it. What is it like coaching and training uh, young people to tackle such large problems? Well, this is exactly. Um... Well, you're putting your your uh, your your finger on the the uh, the heart of the problem here, because uh, we see these immense challenges in front of us, and we have this impression that there is nothing that we can do that will uh, make a difference. We see ourselves as one little ant in in this universe, and uh, what can we do? And the fact is, we, we can do quite a bit. Uh, a couple of years back, I mobilized for, for one of our projects, I, I mobilized 40 million scouts around the world um, on an environmental project. And they donated hundreds of millions of hours for the environment. And in a couple of uh, Latin American countries, they started reforestation projects. Uh, and then these young people, the scale of their activities on the ground was such that the government stepped in and said, look, uh, we want some, some of the credit for what you've done. And so, so we will turn this into government projects. So this is how huge the difference uh, uh, a few people can make if they are committed, if they, they have the right wisdom and they, they, they are going in the right direction. They, you know, they can change the world. Yeah, and I think that's what's most evident is that the world wants this. Especially when it's, you know, you, oh, I'm one small person, but the world wants you to do it. It's needed, so desperately needed that, like you said in that example, the government will pick it up when they see what's happening because they want to make that change as well. It's just who's going to be the one to step up and provide a solution to change is the biggest question. Yes, and one of, uh, one of the, the, the key um, aspects for young people is the question of justice. Uh, the y young people want to see justice. They know what is fair, what is not fair. And uh, they do not like to see 
investment funds, corporations, or, or other organizations profit from environmental destruction or from uh, people losing jobs. They, they want an economic system that, are, that is fair and uh, that provides everyone with an equal chance for success. Is this where uh, the circular economy or you know, climate change and economics come in to clash with one another? Well, it depends how you look at it. There, there are several aspects. One is the, the fact that externalities, so the cost of pollution, for now, in, in many places, there is no price on carbon or the price on carbon is very low. Um, and externalities, pollution, is essentially a free ride. And companies, corporations are able to profit out of polluting, destroy, destroying the natural capital, destroying human capital and social capital. Um, this is no longer acceptable. That's not the way capital markets should be working. It's, it should not be allowed for uh, Wall Street, Bay Street or, or any street to make profit out of environmental destruction. Is the, is the economy as it is right now the biggest roadblock we have to change? Well, it's not necessarily the biggest roadblock. In fact, it's probably the biggest opportunity. If you look at the Empire State Building, they were able to retrofit, change 6,500 windows on site, uh, remanufacture them overnight and install them during uh, the, the evening when, when people were, were not at work so that people could uh, come back to the office the next day and, and uh, go back to work uh, as if nothing was happening. So it's quite extraordinary what, what they have been able to do. And the investment into this, this retrofit had a payback of three years and allowed them to save $4.5 million of uh, energy costs. But that also includes uh, carbon emissions. So they reduced carbon emissions by 45% wow. and uh, with a payback of three years. Now, where else can you see uh, an investment with a guaranteed return uh, and such a payback this, that is legal, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I dare you to find a bank that provides these kinds of returns. You know what? I may take up on that. <laughs> I may try. <laughs> um, so what, what, does that, what does that future look like? Because especially with the power of storytelling, I really wanted to reach on this topic because um, at your Warsaw Stock Exchange, you had a book and you turned a chapter of it into a play. And a lot of your, a lot of your students, if I may call them students, um, believe that storytelling is a great way to change the world. Yes, absolutely. So there's um, a book that was uh, part of a project of the Director General of the United Nations to talk about sustainable development goals and uh, questions of inequality, questions of, of how to, to have a sustainable economy, how to provide food for everyone, how to provide access to water and sanitation, how to provide quality education and so on and so on, and how to work together in partnership in order to uh, work towards these goals. So all of these, these objectives um, are illustrated through various stories and so you have the three little pigs you have aladdin you have all of these these uh, characters from the stories that we were listening to when we were we were, we were young and uh, they are coming back in this book all of them together going through different adventures um, 
you know, at one point you have a, a number of animals that are in Africa and uh, the clouds have decided that they will not come this year. So because of climate change, there is no, no more rain. And so there's a drought. And so the animals are looking not only for, for water, they're also looking for food. So they have to move and, and walk long distances. So that is the, the point of my, on migration. And then they are fighting once they find a pond just to see who will be able to access this water. And so you have the question of inequality, you have questions of justice, and one, one is saying to the other, well, no, I don't want you to, to, uh, to drink this water. I don't want you to drink this water because you're white and, and this and that. So all of these questions are illustrated through storytelling, which is wonderful because it allows for, for uh, a non-confrontational discussion to take place um, in a way that is totally fun, relaxed, and yet it allows us to, to get very important messages through and everyone is having a great time and that's, that's when the best learning takes place. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I really do. I really also believe that storytelling can change the world because it gives you the knowledge, it gives you the information you need and it gives you the curiosity to go out and seek more um, and listen more. You wanna hear more stories like that. You wanna understand better why this is happening or what this is a metaphor for. But so, if, if I can add on this, mm -hmm. this book is, is a book of the United Nations, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was translated in the official languages of the United Nations, which includes French, which includes English, which is Chinese and so on. Uh, but in Poland and Polish, Polish is not a UN language. So uh, the young leaders in Poland took it as a challenge to translate this book into Polish. And they did this. Uh, 20 different schools, each one of them took um, half a chapter and then it was all consolidated and they gave it as a gift to the Director General of the United Nations and now it appears on the website of the United Nations so anyone can access it. Anyone who speaks Polish around the world has free access to, to all of these stories and, uh, and we are doing events around it in Poland but also elsewhere. And in Poland, they mostly take place in Polish, but uh, now we just had an event on Friday at the United Nations, which was bilingual in French and in English. And we are going to Montreal and we'll have uh, events in Montreal at uh, Concordia University in English, but also in other schools in French, which is, which is absolutely fantastic. That is, that is amazing in itself. First off, congratulations to all the 20 schools that compiled it and turned it in poll, like that's awesome in itself. Uh, but how did, but for the people who don't know, who don't know these stories and don't know the impacts of environmentalism um, or what's soon to come, um, how can you, how can you show them that way? Uh, how can you, how can you show young people that don't know or, or maybe they even don't care the consequences, but also the opportunities that can be found? Um, in solving these issues? Well, the, the opportunities are, are absolutely fantastic. And it's a matter of, well, it's a question of innovation. It's a question of seeing the world in a different way and, and finding opportunities. I think uh, I heard from you, opportunities are everywhere and, and they are. <laughs> um, there is uh, one guy who owned a, a carpet company called Interface. And uh, many years back, he discovered the the concept of a circular economy and he figured well why don't we make 
organic carpets that are fully recyclable and don't pollute. And people told him, this is, uh, this is not possible. You need oil for, for carpets. And today, uh, his company is making carpets that are fully organic, completely recyclable, that uh, don't use any toxic chemicals. Uh, they are, um, well, th this, this is wonderful because it reduces their costs and allows them to be more profitable. It, it allows their carpets to be more competitive. And in a shrinking market, because uh, the market for carpets is shrinking, they are taking an ever-growing share and their stock performance has been, has been absolutely stellar. So that's also my, uh, my dad's big phrase, opportunities are everywhere. And that really does prove truth with this. Um, more and more as I tell um, the kids around me that, hey, like, this is a possibility, you can do this. And not only that, there's so much, well, sounds, it sounds bad, like you said, like there's so much money to be made. But you know, money, money's a good thing. Money makes the world go around and it, I mean, it helps to shift that economy in that direction. Where is, where is as of right now, what's next for the Bridge Foundation? Well, right next, our, our big target now is the climate conference that is taking place in Poland. And I think it's quite interesting because the first, uh, well, firstly, in the last 10 years, it's the third time that Poland is hosting the conference. 10 years ago, exactly 10 years ago, it was in, in a city called Poznań. A few years back, it was in Warsaw, and now it's in Katowice. And Katowice is, is an interesting place because it's right in the, the heart of a Polish coal country. And uh, it's a city that has undergone a tremendous transformation. And uh, it used to be a very industrial town, quite dark. Uh, you, you would... Uh, the, the, the walls of buildings would be gray and, uh, and black and uh, it would be extremely polluted. Today, um, it's full of parks, it's full of conference centers and uh, it's hosting conf concerts and, and major, major conferences like this COP. And I think it could be symbolic of the kind of transformation that we need, not only in Poland and in, in the heart of cold country, but everywhere around the world. Now, Poland has a big problem with pollution. It's still reliant on coal for much of the heating and much of the electricity production. And, and this has to change. And uh, increasingly, we hear the authorities in Poland talking about better insulation from, for homes, better heating systems. Um, and, and Poland needs to be at the heart of this transformation. If Poland can do it, then the whole world can do it too. Poland definitely sounds like a big experiment and a beacon of hope for the entire world and the fact that they're taking this up is a really it is it a big honor or is it in a, in a way a frustration well uh, it's, a, it's a very good question but uh, a few years back in terms of the climate talks and negotiations the paris accord was a huge breakthrough uh, because it set the, the the direction for what needs to, to happen so it established the ambitions and what is it we need to do. Now we need to move from, yes, these concepts, these ideas and these ambitions to, well, what are the practical steps that need to be put in place? And uh, the countries need to move from promises to delivering on them. And they need to be much, much more uh, ambitious than they were up until uh, just a few months ago. The latest report of the IPCC, so it's, it's uh, 
all of these scientists, but backed by governments that have concluded that we need to reduce climate emissions by 45% in the next 12 years. Otherwise, we are toast. And this target of two degrees, so two degrees Celsius of warming that was considered to be safe up until very recently, now we're saying, well, that's, that's way too much. Uh, and then we should be really limiting the average uh, global temperature increase to 1.5 degrees, degrees Celsius. And in a country like Switzerland, and I, I just spoke about that on the news, um, where, where, where you have mountains and in the Alps, uh, so Switzerland is, is blessed with the Alps. And it's great because you have all of these glaciers up there, but higher up in altitude, the, the temperature increases two and a half, two times, three times as high as, as down in the plains. And so Switzerland, such a small country, such a rich country, diverse with all of these beautiful forests and, and biodiversity uh, is going to be suffering disproportionately from, from the impacts of climate change. And it's a, a very small country, but uh, it meets quite a bit. It's, it's a very rich country to start with, and it has many of the, the money managers, the pension funds, and the banking and the financial sector. And this sector can play a tremendous role in this economic transformation that needs to take place to take us from this unsustainable economy to a sustainable one. It definitely sounds like the race is on. So in the next 12 years, has, um, have you seen other countries starting to ramp up their um, oh, regulations on, on businesses or on corporations? Well, there are many, and you'd be surprised to hear that there's quite a bit going on in the United States. Uh, business leaders that are finding it profitable to to reduce pollution, reduce emissions, uh, to save on water, to save on on energy, to reduce uh, waste of all sorts. Uh, one such company is Caterpillar. They are doing earth moving equipment. Um, so wherever you see construction, well, you you'll see Caterpillar not too far, and they are able to sell their their earth moving equipment two, three, or four times because. Once it reaches the end of its useful life, the client sells it back to Caterpillar. They remanufacture it and sell it the second time. So that's good for business. It reduces the uh, natural resources required for, for the equipment to be produced. It reduces the energy uh, that is required. And of course, it reduces on costs. And uh, the discounts that the client receives to get this this uh, remanufactured machine, which is as good as new, and uh, that you know is supported by the same warranty as a new one, well, that allows them to reduce costs by fifty percent and return on, on investment, both for the company and for the client, is is uh, at an all time high, which is which is great news. It's great news for the environment. It's great news for for Wall Street. So everyone's happy. Do you think it is achievable in twelve years? Oh, it certainly is achievable. Uh, I always use the example of the Empire State Building. They, they uh, reduced their emissions in three years. Um, so they, they, they reduced their emissions uh, with a payback of three years, and we can do that in other sectors. One sector that I, I particularly like and that is, is not doing this for, for greenwashing uh, reasons is the military sector. Mm. And uh, the American military saw it as um, 
the the uh, the great uh, weakness of the American military was its reliance on on oil, and bringing oil to the battlefield is not only extremely expensive but it's dangerous, and uh, saving on oil is not only good from the financial perspective; it saves lives, and uh, it has become one of the cornerstones of of uh, the security policy of of uh, the the DoD, yeah? the the Defense um, Department of the United States, which is which is absolutely great to see the military doing this for national security reasons, for economic reasons, um, and of course the environment is is out there, but that's not what's driving this these policies. It's the economics and the security aspects. And that's why it's so important, you know, whatever which way. Because like you said earlier, a lot of people think it's bad, right, to to gain profit off of off of uh, environmentalism. But it's actually how we make amazing change. Well, when uh, when the change is is good for the planet, good for the people, uh, and good for the economy, then this is a win win win, and everyone's happy. And th that's what we're we're looking for. That's, that's what we need to, to see the transformational change that is needed and for us to be able to reduce emissions by 50% in 12 years and, and by 100% you know, soon thereafter, it is possible. It's a matter of, of will and wanting to make it happen. And that, and that is the absolute hope for the future. Um, and like you said, with young people that you're training and the young people around the world, it's going to be quite amazing to see that all progress but sadly we're running out of time where can everyone find you in your work well yes uh, so we we can look the bridge foundation uh, we can look it up on on our website and uh, and also on uh, on facebook um for 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 anyone wanting to um catch us you just go on facebook type in the bridge foundation 2015 and you'll find us wonderful adam once again i'm i was so excited to have you on thank you so much for being on and giving your knowledge out to the youth i'm really excited to see what they'll do with this well i thank you very much and i count on your input for the cop 24 uh, conference is it's in just a, a few weeks and um, so we're mobilizing people around the world and I, I hope you, you will contribute and I hope so, to have some great contributions from the United States and from business people and young entrepreneurs in the United States. That's, uh, that's for, for us, it will be, it will be a, a pleasure and we're, we're, we're waiting for your inputs. Of course, I will, I will get right on that. Not only that, I'll try to find, I've actually, I'll, I'll show you about this later, but it's amazing stuff. But once again, Adam, thank you so much for being on. Eva, thank you so much.